Okay. What the okay. fuck is up, you guys? Welcome to another episode of Let's Be Honest Podcast. I'm your host, Girl Behind the Mic, and I'm with Chris James. What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank like, you, thank you, thank as y'all can tell, we already started getting into shit. So this one's going to be different. This is going to be way more conversational, but we with the shit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I know we kind of got into a little bit of your intro about who you are mm-hmm. and what you do. You talked mm-hmm. about, yeah, you used to throw parties, but go ahead and tell the people more so about what you've been doing on the, you know, latter side now like you with your book you're a whole author out here i am i am not and not just y'all not just like an instagram or like a tumblr blogger he, <laughs> like this nigga i have his book sitting on my desk like you have a Memo- whole book memoirs of a man yes yes <laughs> yes um so i mean it's funny that we bring up you know being an author because uh, to be honest with you I always like to dabble, like poetry, all that kind of good stuff. Never in a million years that I think that I could actually write a book. So uh-huh. to even hear you say that, it's still surreal. Like, yeah. yo, yeah, <laughs> I got a book, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I can say something like, yo, like 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, whatever. Mm-hmm. You could always go on Amazon, whatever Amazon becomes. You, yeah, you're going to be able to find memoirs of a man. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, like, I love it. I, you know, writing the book was kind of like, it was a release for me because, you know, a lot of the stories in the book as far as the the characters and what they go through and kind of what, what they deal with is stuff that I saw in my life, you know what I mean? Like going through college, personal life, all that kind of good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to put that on paper, you know what I mean? I, I wanted to, I guess, you know, have a voice for men that don't really know how to speak for themselves, whether it be, you know, the homosexual man who's having issues with, you know, the overly religious family mm-hmm. or the superstar athlete that, you know what I mean? Stuff like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I wanted to speak to that because I saw all of that. Like I was an athlete in college and I knew there was some athletes who were the ladies man in the public. Mm-hmm. But at three o'clock you going to, you coming back and it's like, what's I, if you read the book, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? I, and I wanted to speak to that because it's hard for men in this society to, I guess, really speak their emotions and kind of like just talk unfiltered mm-hmm. without backlash. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to put out a book that kind of encompassed that and kind of, you know, captured the essence of being able to speak freely as a man and just living your truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, once I started writing it, it just started flowing. Like I went from 10,000 to 20,000 to 40,000. Mm-hmm. Like that, that middle jump right there was, it was an amazing kind of feeling right there. Cause in my personal life, I had just quit one job. I was starting another job a month after I had quit. So mm-hmm. I had a time gap right there where it was just kind of like, okay, Hey, what am I going to do? And I don't know. Something in me was like, yo, finish the book. Yeah. So there you go. Memoirs yeah. of a man. You know what I mean? So, but no, it's good though. Like writing, it gives me a, it, it gives me a, it, pu- it puts me at peace. Let's put mm-hmm. it like that. So. That's dope. Yeah. My first um, intro to you was through Writer's Home. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah. when I that, I was like, oh, yo, that's a dope ass idea. Yeah, yeah, And with yeah, me actually yeah. knowing personally some of the people that's a part of it, I was mm-hmm. just like, yo, like mm-hmm. I know how genius and how creative they are in their own in their in mm-hmm. their own avenues mm-hmm. and so i was just like yo that is so fucking dope how yeah. did that come about yeah so writer's home like I, i've always been of the mindset like i like bringing people together like 
I mean, that's where the parties came from. Mm-hmm. That's where everything that I do as far as like, you know, business, like I've always, I'm a social butterfly. Like I, I want to bring people together. Mm-hmm. So with the writer's home, I knew I was creative. I knew my closest friends were creatives. And I was like, yo, like the best way to kind of get, if if someone were sitting back and saying, yo, you know, I want to, I want to listen to a podcast. Oh, snap. They got a podcast, and then there's a podcast similar to that. I wanted you to be able to go somewhere where it's collectively black, where mm-hmm. you, you went somewhere, you could listen to my podcast, you could read poetry from Tammy, you could watch, uh, you know, a creative piece from, you know, AQ. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted you to be able to just go to one space and get all of that. Now, mind you, each of these individuals has their own website, they have their own platform, mm-hmm. which is just a springboard. So basically, you go to the writer's home. And then it's like, okay, yeah, I like this person. You go directly to the website from the writer's home. And that's that's really what I looked at it as, like a hub. Like Picture it like a train station. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have each individual trains that go whichever way, but you always can go to the hub and look, okay, hey, these are all the trains. You know what I mean? That's what yeah. I pictured it as. Um, now, we, I'm going to revamp the website um, because I've just gotten in my own kind of personal bag as far as like you know what I'm doing with my with my creativity mm-hmm. um, and so have they so I wanted to take it back to its core and kind of just redo it and do it the right way because I think we kind of I rushed it coming out because I like the idea like like you mentioned it was a, it's a bomb ass idea but I think the execution could have been better so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and run it back real quick so mm-hmm. okay. it'll be redropping soon so, <laughs> so- How were you as a child growing up? Like, how did you, because for you to be, you know, not many men really express their creativity if they do Mm -hmm. have a creative side. And Mm -hmm. then for you to say, you know, you're so young and say, oh, I'm going to be an author. Oh, I want to have this hub. Oh, I want to do this and have all these different things in the works. That didn't just happen when you fucking came to college. So, like, how, how were you growing up or what was your influences or how did that kind of start to morph? So... What I'll say is, um, so I'm a military kid, so you know I, I moved all over. So I, I never had the experience of being in one place for too long. Okay. Like that's only happened recently as I've been an adult. Um, so from the ages of f- three to fourteen, we moved maybe a total of three times. I lived in Italy for my mama always gets on me this. I think it was three and a half years, four years, <laughs> whatever. Uh lived in South Carolina or North Carolina. I can't remember. I always mess them up. Mm-hmm. Wherever Fort Bragg is, that's where we live. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, like, you know, we moved around and that just always stuck with me. Like I never felt attached to any one place. Mm-hmm. And I guess with that being said, I, I channeled that, I guess that detachment into, I guess, my creativity. So as a kid, I really didn't have like a, a best friend. It was just like me. I was the, before my brother came, it was just me, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I had always been creative and it was just kind of, you know, when you were a little kid playing with toys, I'd always yeah. have like the, you know, the imagination. Um, I'd always, I guess, um, you know, just build worlds like with Legos and stuff like that. So that, that's how the, I guess the creativity started, mm-hmm. and as I got older and you know I started realizing like yo I'm I'm actually a good writer. It it started transitioning into that, and what most people don't know I actually, you know I actually was an orchestra for a while as well, and that, and that 
if you don't know about music, like music is really the bedrock of really mm-hmm. anything, you know, whether it be if you're a rapper, if you're a singer, if you play an instrument, like if most creatives also have an, either an ear for music yep. or they <laughs> do music, you know what I mean? Facts. So, you know, I actually have a background in music. Like I actually play the violin. Most people be like, yo, you play the violin? Like, yes, nigga. Yo, I yes, nigga. I play the violin so bad. Yo, it's crazy. So I still, I still, like if I, if I pick it up and you give me like a week or two to like get it back, mm-hmm. I can get back out there. Um, That's how I am too with the saxophone. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? It's like, like you still got it. Like you still yeah, got it in the fingers. You know what yeah. I mean? So for me, it was, it started out, I guess, kind of finding my way. And then it's funny that you said it didn't start in college. I think college is where I put it all together because mm-hmm. I, I was everywhere. It's like, yo, I'm a good writer. I like bringing people together. I got... I want to create stories. I want to, I like this, I like that. In college, it was like, okay, hey, what what can I do with all of these ideas and all of these gifts and all of these talents that I like, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's kind of where everything came about. Um, Big shout outs to uh, my mentor in college was... um, uh, a woman by the name of Tori Edwards. Uh, she's the one that really was like, yo, you need to get involved in organizations. Because I remember I was just running track. Mm-hmm. Like, I, did, I really had no mindset for anything else. It was like, yo, I came here to run track. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I came here to run track. I came here to graduate. That's what my mama wants. She was like, nah, nah, nah. Like, go to Hip Hop Congress. Go to BSA. Go mm-hmm. to BMU. Like, actually get yourself out there because... You know, you got to get out of your box eventually. Yeah. You'll never grow as a person if you just stay with confined in one little box. Mm-hmm. So big shout outs to her because I, once I did that, it was really everything just blew up from there. So, Aww. yeah, big shout <laughs> outs to her. <laughs> big sis Tori, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but yeah, you know what I mean? And I guess that's where the the creative came from, getting out of my box and just getting out of my way. So, What do you want to do next? Oh man, that's a loaded question. Yeah. Oh man. Um, what do I want to do next? So, um, currently I am I'm shopping a script around. Um, it's in a couple competitions right now. Um, um, Screencraft. Uh, forgive me if I mess up y'all's names. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I'm hoping that the script can catch wind. Um, it's uh, what I, I like to call it Star Wars for black kids. Oh, um, I like that. Yeah, that I mean, because like, <laughs> for instance, you know, if you look at like Game of Thrones, you look at Star Wars, you look at any of those like sci-fi stories, mm-hmm. how many black characters do you see? Not many. Not many. How many lead black characters do you see? Like none. Like none. Like. And I've always loved sci-fi. I've always loved magic, all that kind of good stuff. It was Mm -hmm. like, yo, like, why do I have to watch a story and not honestly relate to any of the characters? So that's where the script came from. And And I am getting pushback. Don't get me wrong, because, you know, it's hard to. How do I put this? It's hard to shop something that the other side doesn't necessarily understand. It's like, yo, why does this character talk like this? It's like, mm. because he's black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and they're like, oh, so all of y'all don't talk this way? No, we don't. 
Some yeah. of us talk like this because we're from here. Mm-hmm. Some of us talk like this because we're from here. And I wanted to kind of like, obviously within the realm of sci-fi, kind of capture that. Yes. Um, so that's kind of the pushback that I'm getting as far as the script because I don't understand the phonics of some of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not changing shit. And that was, <laughs> that's one that. thing. Speaking like my agent, so look, I, I got an agent um, and, you know, we had a we had an in-depth conversation about it. It was like, yo, like, you'd be getting more traction if you made one of the characters white. It's like, no, like, at the end of the day, even if the movie show, whatever I do, doesn't catch fire, I can always sit back and say, yo, it's authentic yeah. and it's black. That's all I care about. Because if it blows up, I would be like, yo, it's black and authentic. If it doesn't blow up, I still can say yeah. it's black and authentic. Um, and that's that's really big for me. And, you know, I, I'm big on, like, I guess, black issues and just kind of like what what's going on in the, the black world because we're the driver in all of this shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, whether it be podcasts, whether it be social media, whether it just be the culture in general. Yeah, we are the culture. We are the culture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's always one thing. It's like they hate black people, but they love our culture, man. Love it. You know what I mean? Because we drive the engine. You know what I mean? Uh, look have. at Look at black Twitter. You know what I mean? If... To be honest with you, I feel like Black Twitter honestly is where a lot of companies get their ideas from. Yes, you know facts. What I mean? so facts. It's, we're we're heading into a crazy, crazy world right now with you know data being important, mm-hmm. where your information is going, where your your content is going, who you're touching, what platform you have, and how you're using that platform. Because mm-hmm. um, you see a lot of, and I hate to say this, but there's a lot of Black blue checks out there mm-hmm. that don't use their platform really well and it's really hurting us as a people. So I never want to be I never want to be that person, you know, I mean this is me knocking on wood, but I never want to have that platform where I'm touching a lot of people and never a be authentic and mm-hmm. never and be you know deviating from the fact that black is what's most important to me. So I always want to keep those two you mm-hmm. know strong. But yeah, long story short, script um <laughs> Um, I am starting a next, uh, my next book. I've got about three chapters done now, uh, but I'm, I'm really torn because I don't know if I want to turn it into a book or like a full length book, mm-hmm. or if I want to turn it into a TV show, because I don't know, I've, I've been getting that itch, man. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, I, like watching TV shows like, yo, this is trash. Yeah. I don't even watch TV nowadays. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, like this is trash. Like I think the last TV show, like legit, like I think Game of Thrones and stuff like that. I can't really call those TV shows because those are hour long. I'm talking about like thirty minute, twenty five. The last shows. ones that I've been interested in has been Insecure in, in um, Insecure. Atlanta. But I mean, it, that's new age black TV. You, you know, know what like, I mean? like that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, we don't have that. You know what I mean? Um, so I want to. I ain't gonna front to you. I wanna. I want to pop something like that off. So mm-hmm. I think, I think what with what I got is possible. So we'll see. I'm a, I, I got some people that I need to talk to as far as you know, bringing them on board and making it a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, Figuring some shit out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's. We'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that goes. I love what you what you said about um, being able to portray different black families. You know. Some of us speak like this because we're from here. Some, mm-hmm. like, you know, we're multidimensional. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah. it's, you know, it's crazy because I feel like nowadays, like, you know, Jordan Peele has been doing a lot more interviews discussing, mm-hmm. like, you know, 
I'm not going to change the fact that I want my characters to be black leads mm-hmm. and kind of preach that same exact um, message. So, yeah, what do you think about him and his latest projects or just him in general? Yeah, so big shout out to him. Um, I won't lie. I didn't really like his, like, the, the Key and Peele show. I'm not mm-hmm. really a fan of that. <laughs> no, to be honest with you, it wasn't my kind of humor. Yeah. Because uh, I like. I like Dave Chappelle. I like the rawness of the mm-hmm. Dave Chappelle. That's just that's that's what's funny to me. And I, so I didn't really care for the watered down version. Mm-hmm. With yeah, all the niggas, the niggas love Dave Chappelle. You know didn't what I mean? really care for Kim Peele. Yeah, more than the, the, the water- suburban people was loving like Kim Peele. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So I was just kind of like, I, I see where they, I see what Comedy Central did. It was like, yo, okay, damn, Dave Chappelle's gone. We need. That same kind of show, mm-hmm. but we need to appeal to everybody. I thought that shit was funny as hell. I ain't gonna lie to you. What can you <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, so like don't get me wrong, they have some episodes like the one that was like, yo, like calling your girl a bitch. Like that shit's yeah. real. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know how y'all do it, but like y'all be you be beefing with your girl. You go into like the room on the other side of the crib, you be like, bitch. <laughs> she pop up behind you. What'd you call me? I'm like, how you even hear me? But like that shit's real though. I don't know what y'all y'all ear like becomes a fucking supersonic or some shit. Like you be waiting for it, yo. It's, you know, you know. Yeah, you be I arguing know. with your nigga. You be like, yeah, whatever, nigga. Y'all go like go y'all separate ways. You be waiting. Uh, yeah, waiting. You be listening, like I, I wish he would. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wish and that's crazy. So, but aside from that though, I feel like skits like that. That's that's funny though, cause like it's it's real. You yeah. know what I mean? But I think there's like some some skits. I just. I, I just didn't fuck with it. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, um, I know we get we're talking about Jordan Peele right now, but I know um, Kevin Hart just released his new uh, his new stand up. Yeah, Kevin Hart's it. funny at times, but this stand up it just wasn't authentic. Like, and I think that's what that's what you know we're talking about Kevin Peele, and we're talking about you know I, I think that's what I like about him. I like mm-hmm. he he's not changing who he is. You know, I mean, I, people have been challenging his blackness because he has a white wife. Cool, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, as, as far as that goes, there are some, I guess, setbacks when you're attempting to be pro-black and the ultimate form of pro-blackness is loving a black woman. And you're married <laughs> we to talked a about it a little bit on the last episode. And, I mean, and, you're, mar- and you're married to what? Yeah, I heard it. Don't get me wrong. And, 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 I, and I, I like some of the, uh, the, you know, the, the points y'all made, but like, to me, that's the, that's the ultimate version of black love. So <laughs> it's kind of hard to hear him sometimes. And it's like, that's just uh, like, here, let me back up real quick. These are Chris James personal views. No one else is. Yeah. You know what I mean? But no, nah, I think I think that so that, that throws a monkey wrench in it when you try to have that conversation. And it's like, yo, I respect him for wanting to be black and wanting to be authentic because we need that mm-hmm. in Hollywood. But on the same time, it's like, you know, you also got to be mindful of who he comes home to. Yeah. So where is ultimately his loyalty? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I hate to do that. But, I hate to question someone's yeah, loyalty. But, yeah, yeah, I know. feel you. The only thing sometimes where I, I like in his case, I kind of be like, mm, he's mixed. So like, like when certain exactly. people are mixed, it's exactly. like, well, you're you grew up loving a white person, or like that's like your your idea of love was that. And so in their case, I'd be like, nah, I guess you know. <laughs> and see, it, it's funny. It's funny you, you say he's mixed because. Or actually, I could be wrong, y'all. Actually, I, no, he's I just assumed. No, he's mixed. Okay. So it, it's funny you bring that up, though, because 
the media don't give a damn if he's mixed. Yeah. He's black to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like, yo, like, I understand him. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. But if he's going to champion being yeah. black. I get exactly what you're saying. You got to. Excuse me. You got to. You got to be careful with your wording and your and how you approach things. Mm-hmm. Um, like for instance, uh, I'm going real off uh, off the rear here, go but ahead. like I'm gonna go on a ledge and like with the with the Meghan Markle stuff. What okay. really what really um mm. what really grinded my gears about that was, <laughs> and I hate this too. I I, I ain't even gonna front to you because I I, I, I got to get in my bag real quick and, and just kind of talk about what grinds talk Chris's gears. Um, what what really made me mad about that was Meghan Markle is a white woman. I don't care. She can is have. That a white she's a white woman? woman. I get it. She got a black mama, but come on, let's let's just keep it one hundred. <laughs> she's a. She's from that. No, nah, real real talk though. She's from that world mm-hmm. where you know, even on the show Suit was it Suits was it Suits that she was on? I can't recall, but she was a white woman. You know what I mean? She played a white character. That who who she is in her personal life, white For woman. real? Yes. She ain't date no black dude. Yeah, you know I mean, it's been white men. So it's like, yo, like I get it when we talk about the the conversation of mixed people, but you got to understand, you can't, you can't. And this is us as black people because I think we do this the worst. You can't claim everybody. Not, yeah, you can't. Well, not claim everybody, but you can't not claim someone for a vast amount of time because they're not doing anything significant. Mm-hmm. So for the longest, we knew nothing about Megan. It was just oh the light skinned chick on Suits or whatever, whatever show she was on. Now that she's marrying into the royal, royal family, mm-hmm. black people were all up in arms like, oh she a black woman. It's like nah, fam. It don't change because she's marrying into the <laughs> royal family. Now mind you, they being racist as shit to her because she has black in her, mm-hmm. and I feel for her because it's like I, I can always tell on her end. It's like yo fuck, like I've been white my whole life. <laughs> Y'all treat me like a nigga now. It's like, yeah, yeah, you a nigga to them. Like, that's just 100, you know what I mean? So I, I think that that ties into a deeper issue as far as black people goes and the issues that we have with race and mm-hmm. colorism and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Um, and I honestly feel we, we, Something's gonna have to happen for us to get over that, and that, and that's kind of where I kind of tie in as far as like my books, my everything that I do, because I I do see that in us as a culture, like mm-hmm. we have those issues, those deep cuts, those deep wounds, and I want to talk to you know I want to talk to those things. Yeah. Um, Ooh, do we have some deep wounds, like some shit that like other cultures just don't have to deal with? Like mm-hmm. I literally, I know just taking like a little turn, but just when you said that, it kind of triggered me because I literally remember at a point in time when I was um. I was younger. Oh, so lost. Such a lost soul. <laughs> and it's crazy because I grew up around black, like black as hell. Like my family, black as hell. Always yeah. black as, you know, like that wasn't really an issue. Yeah, I lived yeah. in the burbs. But as far as like my house and like my family, that was never an issue. Mm-hmm. But I guess being in that environment, constantly questioning my blackness, there was a point in time to like, I really, I remember talking to like myself and just saying like, damn, I wish that I was like, Nigerian or African or something so that I can yeah because I felt like I was lost with culture I could see other people have that direct tie and being young I was like lost because all of our culture like people can say yeah like the hip-hop the music I get it that's our culture but it's also pop culture that is 
Like, yeah, we run and shit, so it makes it kind of confusing. And I remember it was just, like, a hard thing because I had, like, that just kind of that confusing time mm-hmm. period. It was just like, damn, I wish there was, like, a more defined, like, a... What is black culture? Yeah. I think every... What you're going through, I don't think is, you know... Like, now now I get... I have more, or would like to think I have a, yeah. a grasp on what black culture is yeah. and... I don't really have that issue anymore, but I remember that was a big issue for me. I think every every black kid goes through that, and I honestly mm-hmm. think it's like where you're from. So I, I think every when people say black people don't have a culture, I, I can I can level with them as far as the argument because as a whole, this is me going on a ledge again. I don't think we have a culture as a whole aside from hip hop. Now, if you if if you take hip hop away and you say okay, hey, what is black people's culture? You can't say food because. Southern blacks, is different. yeah. Southern blacks do stuff totally different than blacks from the you know from the East Coast. Yep. The East Coast do stuff totally different from the West Coast. Mm-hmm. You can even narrow it down. People from Louisiana do stuff totally different from a black from you know the Bronx. You yeah, know what I mean, it's completely um, different. Like, so you can't say food. You um you can't say music because the West Coast music ain't the same as the East Coast music. So even when people say hip-hop, it's like, okay, but then we have the different subgenres. Because, like, hip-hop. East Coast, big for me, was, like, club music, house music, go-go. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Which I came to Texas, I was like, like oh, this Baltimore is different. Area but type music. Yeah, 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 but yeah. Houston is completely different. It's like, people call it trap. It's not even really trap. It's like, you know, car music. You know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. When I say car music, I don't... <laughs> The people would be like, yo, car music. Houston ain't car music, my nigga. But like, nah. Nah, <laughs> what I mean is like the bass. The bass. Like, that's like that's Southern. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So. Chopped and screwed. Exactly. So when you when you say what is black people's culture, I definitely understand as far as what you mean is feeling lost. Because I feel like everybody goes through that. Hell, I went through that being a military kid. Because when you're a military kid, you don't have the chance to feel from one place. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So when people ask me, yo, Chris, where you from? It's like, all right, I'm a military kid. It's like, okay, but where were you born? Okay, I was born in San Antonio. Then we moved. It's like, okay, so are you from San Antonio? It's like, yeah, but I can't really, because oh every summer I, I went to New Orleans, so my heart is in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Okay, but how many years have you lived in San Antonio? Okay, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? I like, resonate with that literally because that was me. It's like I was born in Baltimore, but I grew up in Bel Air until yeah. I moved to Texas in 08. But now I've been in Texas way longer than I lived in Maryland. You know what I mean? So, so but even then, like, people are like, well, which part? Oh, Dallas. Well, it's the suburbs of Dallas. So people who are from fucking Oak Cliff are like, like bitch, you ain't from you Dallas. Ain't from Dallas? You ain't from Dallas? <laughs> you ain't from Dallas? Like, well, shit, don't nobody know we're fucking prosper. We're fucking you know what I mean? business. Like, well, goddamn. What's funny is I like fucking with people from Dallas. It's like, oh, okay, so the DFW does, like, does, does that include Arlington? Does that include man, UNT? Right you know what I mean? It's like, no, nah, nigga, we from Dallas. So it's Arlington like, okay, like my fault. Hey, <laughs> my fault, bro. Like Arlington is different from Fort Worth. Fort yeah. Worth different from Dallas. Yo, Fort Worth. I love Fort Worth. Fort Worth is funky town. Uh, yeah, my, funky uh, town. I got, I got, fam- I got family out there. Uh, yeah, funky town is. I love that place. Um, but. Yeah, so there you go. Talking about, yo, people are real prideful, like the city that they're from, the, the street that they're from. Um, you know, and I, I think that is essentially black culture. But then that that's that's disheartening as a kid because, you know, we're, we're claiming cities, we're claiming streets that we have no financial, like, 
I can't walk to the street that I was raised on and be like, yo, I own that. Like, we, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't own nothing of that. You yeah. know what I mean? So <laughs> it's unfortunate that we say that, though, because you can go down to you can go to Houston right now and go down China Street. Each of those businesses are owned by their own people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm, and you see the culture and you too. see their culture. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like the streets change and they're in Mandarin. It's like, yep. yo, it's like, OK, I'm in Chinatown. Or even just just get to like uh like narrow it down a bit right here in San Marcos it's tiny but I know when I go right down off exit two hundred four and I hit that left and mm-hmm. I go to that fucking uh that the Mexican market I know yeah, that I'm be able yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll yeah, go in yeah. there I'll be able to get my uh my tacos and get yep, my chata yep, if I wanted yep, I can yep, get all yep. that shit oh, like I can get some pozole if I wanted it like. And you know that as soon as you get there, it's like, this is their culture. It's ran by them, owned by them. They got their shit. Like, and that kind of goes to like the black dollar and just owning businesses. Because what's crazy is they say uh, the circulation of the black dollar. um, It's sad that I can even, I even remember this. The black dollar does not see the black community until like five or six stops. That's crazy. I might be misquoting that, but. Just to even think of that, though. So you, you, you think about the dollar. So you go, you, you say the white dollar, uh, the white dollar immediately goes to a white business, whether it be a restaurant or whatever. The black dollar will go to a, a white business, and then that white business will send it to whatever. Where's our black-owned, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, so... Because, like, people would even think, like, they all say, yeah, black girls always wear all that hair, buy all that hair and shit. Guess who own all that shit? Majority of that shit, Asian. Exactly. And that is a multi-million dollar, maybe More even billion. Billions. To be honest, like, so what? Just we have so many man. industries where it's just like we're not man. really putting money man. into our own. And then I ain't even gonna front you. Them people are so disrespectful. Like it's so Bro, they it's don't so, give a flying fuck. They so disrespectful because they you know they know you coming back. Yeah. You know what I'm so this is it's crazy, you know. I, I came in here wanting to talk about Nipsey Hussle, and it's it's crazy, you know. We, we we deep into the game already, and it's funny, you know. People, I know people are saying all kind of like wild, like yo, Nipsey was Jesus. Like, no, okay, I'm not going after. <laughs> but I think I think he was a messenger sent to black people specifically to be like, yo, wake the fuck up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like, yo, own your own shit. Yeah, you gonna pay taxes to white folk, but if you own your own shit, they can never come in and tell you nothing because. Your name Thanks. is on the lease. Mm-hmm. Your name is when you look up who owns the land, is you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I took that shit to heart though, cause like I mean I've, I've been fucking with Nip- Nipsey music. Let me back up real quick. I hate when people are like, yo, y'all ain't been fucking with. Like first of all, just because the nigga died does not mean new people can come in and listen to his music. Fuck all that shit. That's ignorant. So even if you didn't fuck with his music and you want to fuck with it now, cool, got you. Right. I am accept, I'm accepting of you. But I've been rocking with like his music, and he's been saying the same message from day one. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? It, 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 just to hear that message and hear it reiterated as far as like just the people who are coming out now talking like, yo, okay, we got to unite. We got we to gotta own black. Like that's, to me... I mean, I ain't going to down myself, but I'll never have the money to own a lot or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So how can I own my own craft? All my books, all my scripts, everything mm-hmm. like that, that's mine. It's going through my production company. It's going through my publishing company. Like, I don't, 
I don't want to ever have to look up and be like, okay, yes, sir, I'll do it this way. Like, no, mm-hmm. I don't ever want to do that. I always want to, you know, say this is mine. Because what's funny is people ask me like, yo, you wrote a book, you know, why aren't you, you know, bigger? People don't understand that when it comes to like, I guess, the the author realm. So I, I came out the gate, wrote the book, uh, self-published it book has been out now for maybe I recently in December so what four months five months mm-hmm. now um, and I mean sales have been good you know appreciate to everybody who's bought the book um, but at a point in time I did have a publisher come to me and say hey sign with us we want to you know do everything for you so this happened in twofold so actually uh, I had one company they were real cool, and you know, I mean, I'm not gonna run their name through the mud, but they were real cool. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't like, I didn't like how, I guess, the wording of certain things. You got to be careful with that because, like, they could seem great on the surface, great on the out. Like, they could shake your hand, smile at you, but a lot of the wording was like the terms of like I. There's there's something wording in there mm-hmm. I wouldn't really you know like rocking red with. Flags, yeah, you know flags, what I mean. Like my on. mind was like, yo, Chris, this don't seem right. So I backed out of that one. And then there was another one who just was like, yo, we'll, we'll give you an advance. You know, I was just like, yo, you know what I mean? Okay, all <laughs> right. Some money. You know what I mean? I was <laughs> like, oh, use man, some money. <laughs> okay. I like that. No, because I came in because what's crazy is how much information people can find about you through mm-hmm. social media, all that kind of good stuff. So they came to me was like, yo, we know you, you want to write books. We know you want to you do scripts. We know you want to you know, do podcasts and interviews. I was like, okay, cool. I got you. I'm listening. He's like, yeah. yeah, okay. So what we'll do is, you know what I mean? We'll sign you to a book deal to where you have to release a certain amount of books. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's cool. What's the, <laughs> what's the, what's the time limit? It was yeah. a reasonable, like, you know, I think they said one to two years per book. I was like, okay, that's cool. So you release the book and then it has a two year, two year life cycle. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, that makes sense. Um, and then everything else that I do would be kind of under their umbrella. So I was like, okay, cool. So, you know, what's the contract looking like? Mm-hmm. You know, they hit me with, uh, we own everything. We'll give you an advance. Um, you're on. I was like, I'm paraphrasing a lot of this, but I was just like, so this is a 360 deal. This is, this is mm-hmm. what you're telling me. I was like, nah, nah, nah. You know, we, we just, we want to make sure that as a young writer, you have everything you need in-house and we control all of that. So I was like, so it is a 360 deal. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I wasn't really feeling that. And I and I knew regardless of how good it sounded and how great the deal was, because don't, don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I was a savant for turning down the amount of money that they asked me for, because I'll never, I'll never tell anyone to turn down money if it's a good <laughs> deal. But it wasn't a good deal. It just it just wasn't. Um, and, I, and I valued myself too much to, I guess, give the power of my creative space to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still out here broke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got an agent now, though. Shout out to him. Um, he's an Asian kid from L.A. And I mean, we're we're working good. I know he's mm-hmm. going to listen to this and be like, oh, I'm an Asian kid from L.A. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. I ain't, I ain't going to do you like that, man. Don't worry. But we, we got some contractual stuff that I want to just like release his name just yet because um, I haven't officially, officially signed any kind of paperwork. So I can't go out there and just say he's my agent, but he's my agent. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So what would you want to tell people? Because, you know, there's a lot of people, even how you mentioned about the 360 deals, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who maybe don't know or don't know the like the insides of the music industry. So they may not even know what the hell are you talking about? A 360, 360 deal. deal or just. So it's, it's, it's great that you say that because the 360 deal is coming back because music nowadays is so one hit wonderish. Yep. It's like you sign me to a, a $5 million deal. I'm straight because I got this one hit that's going to live on forever. Yeah. I don't care what if my music after this is trash. So basically a 360 deal is when, you know, you get put on to a, whether it be a, you know, a label, a publishing or whatever, and everything you produce, whether it be your shows, whether it be your tours, whether it be hella podcasts like this, they own a percentage of everything. And nine times out of 10, it's the larger percentage. So basically just yeah. get fucked. Um, yeah. And a lot of, Unfortunately, if you go back in history, there's plenty of artists, big groups, big name that artists, fucking have gotten fucked over, you know, or a lot of people they contracts. don't own their masters, which Nip was also ahead of the game because he yeah. owned his masters, yeah, which yeah, means yeah. he he owns that shit. Like you yeah. get that you, money, you play it, you play it on Spotify, iTunes. Mm -hmm. He's getting that. He's getting that. There's a lot of people who do not. If you don't own your masters, a lot of y'all may not know then. That's basically like the rights to your music and shit. And you don't, if they have, if they, if you don't have your shit, basically, whenever people stream music, then you're getting a portion mm -hmm. of that. You're not getting all of that money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, I know lately a couple artists have been buying their masters back. Brandy yep. did it. Um, Rihanna got hers. Rihanna. I love Rihanna. Man. So, I love Rihanna. Oh, hell That's yeah. Bae. That's big. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, That's big. I agree with I you. I love Rihanna. So, like, what would you tell creatives? Um, especially black creatives who were like, all right, I got this dope shit. I'm thirsty. Like, I know I have good shit. I'm thirsty to be successful. There's people that say they're trying to help me. I, these people say, use your resources and network, but how, I don't know how to differentiate from what the fuck is real, what's not. I don't know how to get an agent. I don't know how to read contracts. I don't know what red flags would be when somebody's telling me. So I had, so I'll answer this twofold. So I, am a lucky case because my mom is an accountant. Mm -hmm. um, well, she's great with money. So she's always taught me from day one, you know, if one plus one don't equal two, you need to go back and see why. Mm -hmm. um, so just to kind of take that to, I guess, the larger scale, always make sure the money adds up and adds up in your favor. Um, and if it doesn't add up in your favor, you need to find out why. Um, now as far as like, you know, getting an agent or reading contracts, you just got to be mindful of what your strengths are. Like not everybody's good at, you know, reading financial papers and stuff like that. So you need to make sure that if you're not good at it, you need to find someone within your group, your camp that you can really trust who can, mm. um, whether it be like a loved one, friend, something like that. I'd always say someone really close to you. Um, as far as kind of like getting an agent, honestly, I was blessed. Um, uh, I go out to LA too much now. Um, but, <laughs> Must be nice. uh, yes. Hey, look, listen, you gotta <laughs> get them deals on Tuesday, <laughs> but nah, so it just so happened that, uh, I went out to an event, uh, sponsored by Inklight and he was just a fellow writer, uh, that had had some stuff 
you know, gone to different plays and whatnot. Like some of his stuff got turned into plays and um he was just like, yo, like I like what you're doing. We we connected on uh it was it was all oh, we connected on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and not actually like Twitter or Instagram like that. He found yeah. me on LinkedIn. I don't know how. Uh <laughs> but you know, and we kinda like chopped it up a little bit and finally exchanged numbers and it was like a, a good little vibe as far as kind of, you know, what we're doing. And he put me on a lot of, a lot of, he put me on the game basically. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as, you know, Hey, this is how you have to market yourself in this kind of world. This is how you have to market yourself in this kind of world. You know, being another people of color, it was, it was good hearing that from someone else. Although he's not black, he still could understand having to navigate white spaces. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, um, he kind of put me on game. He also kind of introduced me to a lot of, um, like competitions and stuff like that. I mean, I could have found all that on my own, but him just being able to be a great resource. And that's, that's what I would say to anybody find great resources because at the end of the day, you cannot do everything by yourself. I'm finding out myself. My calendar is like ridiculous Mm -hmm. and it's hard to manage my calendar when I also have a nine to five. It's not really a nine to five, but whatever. Um, (laughs) No, shout out to Mars. I love (laughs) y'all. But, um, but yeah, you know what I mean? So it's, I think I'm kind of all over the place as far as your question, but I think the biggest thing was just kind of like do your research. Mm -hmm. And if you can't do your research, have someone as close to you as possible that you truly trust do some research for you Mm -hmm. because you never want to go into a room and not be prepared because the people on the other side will immediately pick up on that and be like, all right, bet we know exactly what we need to do. Like, look at Blueface. That nigga don't know what his contract is. Yeah, no. And I already know how that business meeting went down. Yeah. <laughs> that nigga got in there and was like, oh, word, you gonna give me 10 mil off of this trash-ass song? Bet. Let's do it. And he gonna wake up in 20 years. And be like, God damn. No masters, no nothing. He gonna be fighting for it. You know what I mean? Like, look at Joe Budden. He... The one thing I like about Joe Budden is he's he's so real and authentic about it. It's like, yo, I remember with Pump It Up having to fight mm-hmm. to get all that back. You don't want to be 38 having to fight right. to get a song back that you made when that's you were 20. That's yours. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's that your, is yours. You right. I mean? like. so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'd say. I always go in with a, a calm mind, clear mind. And stay away from those 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 heavy drugs, man. I, it's cool to do them, but like when you got to do business, be clear of mind. Mm-hmm. Just be clear of mind. Everybody likes to dabble in what they dabble in. I'm never gonna pass judgment, but when you have stuff like that, like business meetings or contract meetings or you know just important events that are tied to your artistic work, go on with a clear mind. And even, and even if you do need some form of you know pickup. Be mindful enough that you are now molding an image of yourself when you start doing those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'll say on that. That was that was great. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you. I'm <laughs> um, actually going to go ahead and wrap this episode All right. up. Um, thank you so much, you guys, for listening. Um, we had the lovely Chris James. Go ahead and, you know, watch your shit. Thank you. Thank you. First and foremost, I want to say thank you for, you know, bringing me out. Um, you know, I've had this on my radar for a moment. Uh, you know, special shout out to you. Not many, I mean, black women have a platform like this and you're really killing it. Like, oh, thank you. you know, 
kudos to you. So thank you. I'm honored to be here. I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so go get Memoirs of a Man. It's out on Amazon now. I keep bullshitting. It's going to be on iTunes, iBooks eventually. Don't worry. I got to get me a MacBook. <laughs> it's coming. I'm, I'm going to buy it soon. Don't worry. Um, as far as what's next, um, I do have a show that's on YouTube that I'm producing right now called A Barber's Life. Episode one does drop Saturday soon. Um, <laughs> it should it should be out today. I don't I don't know when this episode is episode is going to oh, come okay. out. Okay, well then the episode, it'll already be out, you guys. There you go. It'll Check already be out. out. Find it on YouTube. Um, but yeah, that, I mean that's that's me. Thank y'all Vintage for having Rose. me. Ah yes, Vintage Rose. Vintage Rose. Vintage Rose is May fourth. Uh, from one to five. Uh, it's basically a creative space that I wanted to have down in San Antonio. Uh, bottomless mimosas, $10 to get in. Uh, we got some special people coming out as far as vendors go. But ultimately, I, I wanted to create a space where you could come out and just enjoy yourself. So Yes. Yeah. Um, socials. So you can find me on Instagram. Um my Instagram is, let us see. My Instagram <laughs> is Chris underscore James 2308. Um, don't follow me on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> unless you want to, unless you want to see some savagery type <laughs> shit. Um, but my Twitter is, if I'm not mistaken, um, dang man, Sir James 2408. Okay. Um, but yeah, like I said, you can follow me on those too. Um, like I mentioned, my Instagram is where I'm creative. If you want to see me in my creative bag, follow me on there. If you want to just talk reckless and debate about life shit, follow me on Twitter. <laughs> um, so, yeah, again, thank you guys. Thank you for coming out. Thank, thank you, you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your people about it, promote it, share all that good shit. Um, you know, all of his information will be in the description, um, in the show notes. Um Go ahead and follow me at Let's Be Honest Pod. And yeah, you guys, um, you already know what the fuck is up. Y'all niggas gonna catch you next week. Bye, y'all.